This is Bridging the Gap with Love, episode 29, Phil's Story, part one. I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about our own stories and experiences with adoption, while hoping to provide education and support for birth moms, potential birth moms, and anyone with a connection to adoption. Welcome back, friends. Thanks so much for joining us. This is our continuation of National Adoption Month. We are really excited about the next couple of episodes that are coming out. But first, I wanted to thank you for your continued support. So many of you have shared our podcast with others. You have shared things that we have shared on our Instagram page. And just know that that means so much to us. You are helping share our message that will probably help others along the way. So we're really excited about where things are going. We also would really love and appreciate if you could go to the platform that you're listening to this podcast on and give us a five-star rating and even leave a review. That helps us out even more to be able to help others and share the good news of adoption. In today's episode, you will hear from my friend, Phil, who is an adoptive father. I loved hearing his perspective because quite often we hear from the female perspective in the adoption world. And so today was really fun to hear from him. Phil's story is actually going to be put into two parts. So you will hear the first today and then the second will be in a couple of weeks. We really felt it was appropriate to break up these two parts because not only is Phil an adoptive father, but theirs is a transracial adoption. So they have two boys who are different races than them. And that comes with its own set of challenges, but also really, really important subjects that we wanted to talk about. We started his episode with him telling about how he got his oldest. And then the conversation went into how having a black son has completely changed his thinking and the way of looking at the world and how to parent. And so We didn't want to just brush over that topic. We wanted to really tackle it because there are a lot of transracial adoptions and it's a subject that's really important to talk about. So at the beginning of his episode, he shares a really poignant story that you will hear. And so even though it sounds like I kind of brushed that off to the side, we didn't. We ended up talking for another 40 minutes about this topic. And so we just felt like it was such an important topic that we wanted to make it an episode all on its own. And that will come out in a couple of weeks. So today you will just hear Phil's story, how he got his three sons and the amazing family that they are raising right now. Please enjoy. We are here with my friend and fellow coach, Phil Haas. I have been coaching with him for almost a year at Meraki CrossFit here in O'Fallon, Missouri, and I have grown to love and appreciate his wife and their friendship. And I've along the way, I found out that they were, they were an adoptive couple. They had two boys or they have two boys that are adopted. And so it's been fun kind of hearing their story. So I'm really excited that we get to have Phil on today to listen to his story. So welcome on Phil. Thank you so much. That was such a wonderful introduction. <laughs> You're I'm welcome. Glad to be here and, and glad to talk about my story. So, so Phil, why don't you start us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family, and then maybe you can go right into how you and Christy decided to adopt. Yeah. So, uh, me and my wife, Christy, we are both from St. Charles County, uh, Missouri. So, we both born and raised in the O'Fallon, Missouri area. I, I went to Lindenwood University here locally, um, 
And, you know, we both kind of attended church. That's how we actually met was at, at church at a, at a youth function. Our story is a little, I don't want to say it's uh, indifferent uh, or different than, than other people's, but, you know, we were pretty close friends for a few years and I finally wore down enough that she asked me out on a date and, uh, you know, the rest is history. So, um, got married in 2008 and we, uh, initially said that, you know, we weren't going to have any children for, you know, we were going to try to make it five years, right. Uh, to really kind of get our feet wet, I guess is, is how I'd say it with, uh, the whole marriage thing. And, uh, going into it, Christy did have a lot of, um, uh, a strong desire and, and call to adopt. Um, and that was how we were going to, uh, grow our family was by adoption. And I remember when we were dating, we discussed it. And I guess at that point, I really being, you know, 21, 22 years old at the time, didn't really have an opinion either way, like a strong opinion. And I was just like, sure, whatever, you know, that's fine. Um, and so, you know, she was the one that kind of really led the charge um, with with that kind of conversation and how we were going to add and grow our family. So um, so that's, you know, we 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 lasted uh, actually six years before before we had our first uh, child, our first kid, boy, whatever you want to call him. Um, and <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of like kind of our background and how we got, uh, got into it. Um, you know, our, our adoption story, um, in general is, is pretty, is kind of unique, I guess. Um, I, I think it, the way we adopted and the way we went about it is becoming a little bit more popular these days, just based on the use of social media and how people kind of communicate, uh, which is a little bit easier than when we started our story back in, in 2014. So we went through a, a local uh, adoption agency here in St. Louis called Bringing Families Together. They're uh, up kind of in North County. And uh, we were actually introduced to them um, through a friend of ours who her and her husband um were in the process of, of fostering um, and getting licensed to foster. And so we, uh, we kind of started the process with them. The, the unique way that they did it, and again, I think it's becoming more popular as, as time goes on, but was, you know, they provided us with some resources in terms of family lawyers and, and just some other process-oriented resources, but really in the home study, but really in terms of like matching us, that was on, that was on me and Christy. Like we had to on our own find uh, a birth mom that uh, was trying to make an adoption plan and basically partner up with this, uh, this birth mom to, to kind of finalize everything. And at the time I, I didn't, it didn't really kind of, I, it didn't really make any sense to me. I'm like, so how am I supposed to find, how am I supposed to find someone like that? Like that doesn't, like, I, don't, I just put an ad in a paper and you know, <laughs> you, you go, you go to like watch movies and stuff. I, I use movie references a lot. Like the movie Juno, like is literally that story, right? Like she posts, uh, they, they post an ad in the thrifty nickel or something and she finds it. I'm like, 
that's the movies. Like that doesn't actually happen, right? <laughs> and so I was very, honestly, very hesitant. And I'm I'm a very weird person where like I, at the time, and I've gotten better since, but I was very like money oriented, right? Like I was just like, okay, so like the home study costs whatever it was, and we have a year to find a birth mom. So like we have to we have to basically I was like trying to figure out how do we find a birth mom now before we even get our home study done. So like the pro so we don't have to like re up our home study. Like in the grand scheme of things, like looking back on it, it's like that's so dumb. Like in the grand scheme of things, like twelve hundred dollars or whatever it was is not that much money when you're talking about, you know, adding to your family, right? But right. you know, me, I was still I was still in my twenties and I just it didn't that that didn't really cross my mind. So, you know, in terms of uh, that, the first, uh, our, our oldest fits. So, so we made this decision in, in 2014, like July, well, late June, we're like, we're pulling the trigger. Like we're ready to go, ready to add to the family. We had our friends, uh, Marcy and Nathan, um, who I, I think you guys have talked to Marcy, right? Um, yes, we have. We met Marcy. <laughs> um, Love her. And, yes, absolutely. And so, they were kind of like, uh, it, it was kind of like we were doing it on parallel paths, just different ways, right? And so it was kind of like an exciting time. And we had all the support from our church and our family. And so we're like, okay, let's, it's time. Like, And then it was like two weeks later, and Marcy calls us at like nine o'clock at night, right? And first of all, uh, I was just starting to get to the point where I don't answer phone calls anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, if someone calls me, I'm like, it's an emergency and I need to be mentally prepared for whatever the emergency is. And so I remember answering though, because I knew, you know, obviously we were all kind of in this, in this boat together and, and I wanted to answer. And she's like, can I come over? I'm like, what? can you come over? It is nine o'clock. I'm in my pajamas, quote unquote, ready to go to bed. Like, okay, but okay, I'll put up, you know, I'll put some clothes on and you can come over. <laughs> so she's like, Hey, like I, I met this, this this mom and she's uh she's pregnant with her her fifth biological uh uh child and there's no way that she she can financially support it and she wants to make a birth plan and uh we're like okay uh what do we need to do and and she's like well i think we need to to call the agency because we they were both we were both going through the same agency and i don't think and again this is atypical so like don't think if you're if you're going down this path that you're going to have this type of situation, right? Like it, it's a very, usually a very private thing. It's almost, almost HIPAA like where like you don't like talk about this stuff with other people with your agency, right? It's a very mm -hmm. personal thing. So anyways, so we get, we get uh, some, some balls rolling and I, I say like a week or two later, I was actually going out to, traveling for work. And when I was on my work trip, I get a call from our agency and they're like, Hey, you know, like the, the birth mom, you know, you guys were introduced to, she's actually way farther along than we thought. And I was like, well, what does that mean? She's like, well, they're like, she's like 36 weeks. Right. And you know, it's her fifth kid. So she's probably gonna, you know, probably time any, any, you know, any day now. And so I was like, okay, well, I I'm, not, I'm out of town, so I can't do anything until I get back in town. What do we need to do? She's like, okay, well, Monday we need to schedule your meeting with her because we hadn't met her yet, right? And she needs to 
you know, make that decision of whether or not she's going with you. Uh, and, and then we need to get your paperwork finished because we still hadn't finished all the paperwork, right? Because we're only three weeks into the process. And Jess, you probably know this, like you have to write like a, a research paper on yourself for the courts and everything when you're going through the finalization process. It's like 26 pages long. Yep. It's it's ridiculous um, how long it is. And so I get back, I got back on a Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, um, Monday, we meet with this, this birth mom and, you know, she, she makes the decision that yes, she wants, wants to place her child with us. Um, you know, and there was a bunch of different stuff going on with her and, 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 you know, um, some, some things we kind of had to come alongside her and, and, and provide her some resources prior to, to that. Um, and, you know, then a week later, we were driving her to her, her last appointment, her, her last, uh, ultrasound appointment. And I guess she was about 37, 30, yeah, about 37 and a half weeks along at that point. So again, you know, fifth kid, um, ready to go basically. Um, but you know, something really kind of poignant that I remember is, you know, we had to pick her up in Rearview Gardens, uh, Bell Fountain Neighbors area of St. Louis. And, and again, for those that aren't familiar with, with St. Louis, it's a very impoverished area of the city. Lots of kind of abandoned buildings, you know, missing windows, that sort of thing. And I remember it was three days after Michael Brown had been shot. And I just remember like driving across West Florissant on, um, on uh, Bell Fountain Road and, and the the birth mom, you know, kind of making a comment off, really offhandedly, like, hey, down there is where Michael Brown got shot. And I was just like, oh, it, it kind of hit me like I'm about to adopt a, a black a baby boy. And I, you know, this just happened, right? And, and, and you know, as, as we've gone eight years later with countless times that this has happened to you know black men in america it, it really like kind of hit me like i don't have i don't have a lot of answers yeah uh for how i'm going to handle that in the future right and at that point i kind of brushed it off like okay don't worry you got time like you know it's 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 one of those things and then but but like you know fast forward it's eight years later and it's like i don't sometimes i, I i'm like i don't have I don't have any more answers I, than I did eight years ago. Right. Because you just, it's one of those things, especially living out in, in the suburbs, right. Where there's not a, a ton of diversity. You don't think a lot about that. It doesn't come across your mind because you're just trying to raise your kids and get them to school every day, get them to bed, get them to shower. Like it, it's hard to think about all those those issues but as we're as he's getting older as Fitz is getting older I, I've started to think about that more and more and like how to handle those types of situations right and um, it's uh, you know I, I don't know I don't know I don't have all the answers obviously still but I hope to you know if it ever does happen to to have the kind the words to say to him to get him through those types of situations but you will. Um, yeah, I, 
I hope so. I hope so. Um, and then, you know, uh, Ollie, our, our middle son, he came uh, even quicker. So, you know, fast forward uh, eight months and 17, 15 days, right? Yeah, something like that. I'm sitting at the, uh, I'm sitting at my friend's house and we're playing poker on Thursday night. And again, nine o'clock at night, right? Not expecting a phone call. And my phone starts buzzing and I look down and it's our social worker. And I'm like, what is, like, we've already done the paperwork. Like, the paperwork is done. There's all the legal stuff's done. I don't, but I, but usually your social worker doesn't call you at nine o'clock at nine unless there's something too important to discuss. So I just was like, just kind of looked at my buddies and I was like, I have to take this phone call. And uh, so I got up and, and the social worker's like, hey, uh, do you have a few minutes to talk? She says, this birth mom reached out to us. She found us on Google. And again, this is not a matching agency, right? And so this is the second time in, in almost a little less than nine months that like something, what I would consider a miraculous has happened to where like all things have just fallen and straight into place, right? Like, and, and again, like my view on it and, and how we approached it in our journey was we, if there is a door that opens, we're going to walk through it. Like people wait years and years and years to be matched with a child um, and, and wait years and years and years in a lot of cases. And I said, I don't, I don't want to put, I, I want to, I want to see the doors open and I want to walk through those doors. Right. Um, if God opens the door, we need to walk through it. So she says this, this birth mom called us. She wants to make a birth plan. Or I'm sorry, an adoption plan. And I said, okay. And I said, uh, how far along is she? She says, well, she's due next week. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, and she's like, well, we're gonna. It doesn't. It's not a. It's not an automatic yes, obviously. And uh, check with Christy. So I called Christy, and she's like, oh yeah, absolutely. Of course, she's gonna say that. Um, And so. I call the the social worker back. She said, okay, well, I'm presenting you with four other families. Hopefully by tomorrow at noon, I'll have an answer of who she wants to meet with, right? And I was like, okay. She's like, now don't get your hopes up because, you know, there's four other families and I just don't want you to be sad and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And of course, you know, the next 12 hours, I'm just, that's barely slept. That's all I'm thinking about, right? And, and, um, so, you know, th- Friday noon rolls around. She calls us, sure enough. Hey, you know, the birth mom, she wants to meet with you guys on Monday at noon. Can can you can you make that happen? And I'm like, sure. Uh, and I was like, well, how many how many families is she meeting with? She's like, uh, just you guys. Uh, just us. She's like, yeah, just you guys. And I was like, okay, all right. So, like, we drove down to middle Missouri the next uh, Monday. And met with the the birth mom and, and her mom, uh, along with the the director of our agency. And you know, right there, she was just like, "I can just, you know, we took bits with us." And, and you know, at the at the at the time, he's you know eight months old, and um, and she's like, "I can just see that you guys love him just as your own," and you know, all this stuff. And you know, and I'm I'm ready to make a decision to go with you guys. And we're like, "Okay, when are you due again?" She's like, "Well, I'm being induced Thursday," and I'm like. <laughs> okay cool all right all right and so you know <laughs> made some calls on our way home you know to our parents like hey we're gonna 
adopt another kid and uh, mom's due Thursday. And they're like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, seriously, you guys are out of your minds. And I'm like, be no, like, I don't even barely know how to change a diaper at this point. Like still, you know, like nine Did months. Did you in. tell her I, that? I hope you didn't admit that to her. I'm just my wife, she knew. No, no. Oh, the birth mom. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, no, no, I didn't. Uh, and so the, you know, the next, so Thursday we were, we're driving down now Sullivan's about an hour and a half from our house. Right. So we had to make a little bit of a trip and, you know, we sat kind of in the waiting room all morning and all afternoon, nothing happened. And, um, there was some, some kind of, uh, medical stuff that they had to kind of account for on this one. And, and so they were taking their time with it and, Oh, about I think like four or five in the afternoon, we decided we're just going to go to, you know, it's Sullivan. There, there's nothing there, right? So I think there was an Applebee's, right? We're going to go to Applebee's and eat some, eat, eat good in the neighborhood, I guess, for <laughs> <laughs> an hour or so. And so we go, we sit and, and, and uh, eat at Applebee's and, and they call us about 630 and they're like, hey, she started to push. Why don't you guys, you guys need to come back. So we, we rushed back over to the hospital and you know, we just kind of stood and waited for about an hour. And, you know, the, the original plan was for us to be in the room with her, uh, when she was pushing and, and, uh, because we had been in the room with, with Fitz and, you know, we kind of had communicated that as a desire of like something we wanted to be a part of. And she's like, yeah, that was, there's, there's no problem. But unlike with Fitz, we had the, 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 the grandmother to kind of there, there was just a, an extra layer of protection there. Right. And so, um, so she, I, I guess, you know, made the decision, um, that she didn't want us in there. Um, and we just kind of, were just waiting and waiting. Finally nurse came out and said, Hey, you guys can come back. Um, and so we go back and, you know, she lets us hold him and all this stuff, but she says, you know, I really want to really want to keep, keep him in, in the room with me tonight. Right. And that's like, red flag a number one that they tell you in in adoption class is like if the birth mom starts making these types of statements like you just need to start preparing yourself that she may be changing her mind and you, you may like she may decide to to keep the baby and um you know in, in, in missouri they have they have to wait 48 hours in order to sign their their rights away right so there's that kind of that 48 hours and you're just like oh gosh i just don't know if this is you know what's going to happen it's like the worst 48 hours so so we we kind of say okay you know and and uh keep it together in the room and uh, we're like well we're just gonna go you know uh we're gonna go back to the house and you know we'll be back tomorrow as soon as we get out of the room, you know, Christy kind of break down, breaks down in tears because, again, A, number one, like red flag. Even though we had only known about Ollie for a week, like our hearts had already been like softened and, and we had been, you know, prepared and all this stuff. And, and again, we're just like, oh, God, you opened this door. Like, why are you shutting it? Or why does it appear that it's, it's closing? Like we thought we were following what she wanted us to do. And, and now this is happening. Like it's a, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare situation. Right. And, um, and so Christy was like, I, I just want to go home. Like, let's just get home. And so we can like hang out with Fitz and cuddle Fitz, you know, cause he wasn't with us. And so we drive back from Sullivan 
and we get in the we get home and my mom had been watching him and she you know we kind of tell her a little bit of the situation and so she's like oh I'm, you know everything will work out the way god wants it to and so she leaves like not 10 minutes after she left the 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 birth mom calls us and she says i i've made a mistake like i don't i can't like you were right you know, I, and the adoption agency was right. Like I can't, I can't keep him in the room with me because I'll just, I get attached and bonded and it just, you know, uh, so I, I need you guys to come back. Like we just drove all the way back to like, we've only been home 10 minutes, but I was like, I, this is what it's going on, on in my head. I don't say this out loud, obviously. And, and I was like, all I say is we'll be there. You know, I, I grabbed some, some cash. And uh, as we're like driving back down the Sullivan, I'm like calling the one hotel that's in Sullivan, like, hey, I need a room for two nights. And because it was a very small hospital, there was no room for us to all stay there. Then we drove down to Sullivan and stayed there for another, you know, a couple days and then brought, um, brought Ollie home. I believe it was that Saturday, but you know, just kind of the, the roller coasters of emotions that both of those, like the differences in, in both those stories were just very, uh, it just, stark differences right like the one that goes almost exactly as planned you can't like there's no, like you don't see any red flags the one where it's like the biggest red flag it's like oh no like this is not this is not good so i actually this this was not here but will you just take like two minutes or three minutes mm -hmm. just to tell us because i didn't think about this question before but when you were talking about those 48 hours and how excruciating that is, when you saw Fitz and Ollie for the first time, like, do you prepare yourself to not be attached? Or do you look at your sons and think, those are my sons, and you have a, a moment with them? Or does that moment come after the 48 hours when you know that you get to take them home? Yeah, that's a so that's a really good question. I think, um, you know, when 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 you're in that 48 hours... Uh, when you first meet him, so like when when Fitz, um, when Fitz was born, we were in the room, right? I I saw him come out of her body, right? Like, and I was again, you're not mentally prepared for that, right? Because I'm 29 years old. We didn't go through the nine months of of uh, whatever they call that class. Like I don't. I thought that once you were induced, like the baby was there in like an hour. And it took like 15 hours. And I'm like, yeah. what is going it on? takes a lot longer. Yes. Kids, man. I, don't, I don't know. And I went to a small private school. You know, we didn't have the sex ed class, right? Like I didn't learn <laughs> how babies were born. I thought they came with a stork. And so like, no. Um, but, he, you know, so I was in the room and like they let me cut the umbilical cord. And like I did all of the like dad stuff. And so like immediately with Fitz, I was like, this is our, this is our son. Right. And I, I, you know, looking back, I think I was like that with Ollie, but in the back of my mind, I knew there was something else kind of like brewing in like some doubts. Right. Because the, the birth grandma had made a couple of offhanded remarks about, you know, I tried to tell her we could, we could take care of him. And, you know, and so I think, I was a little more guarded with Ollie, but still like, you know, there's a, at least a 50, 50 chance, right. That you're going to be coming home with and, 
And so you do let your guard down and you open your heart to that child. Um, but you know, once that paper is signed, you kind of do like a, like, you know, like, unless again, like unless the social worker comes into your house and there's like crack needles somewhere, like you're, you're adopting that child, right? There's nothing stopping you typically once those parental rights are signed. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think, it's a little bit of both mm, depending yeah. on the situation. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yep. I, I, I think those, it's an interesting perspective that a lot of us don't think about. So thanks for sharing that. All right. So I still think it's funny that you were trying to get these boys within an, a year of after everything was taken care of and they came at, you know, two and three weeks later, which I think is hysterical. But it, it also is like, you can't ever plan these things. They just happen right. when they, when they're supposed to happen. You also have another son though, little Corbin. I do love that little guy. And will you tell us about him and kind of your whole family dynamic of having these two adopted boys who are darling and then Corbin kind of your little tail end. And what is it like having the three of them? Yeah, uh, it's challenging. Is that a word I can use? Challenging you having all three can. of them. <laughs> so, so yeah. So you know, we were. Uh, so Corbin is uh, three and a half now, um, and you know, so if you do the math there, we were just out of the diaper phase um, with both the boys, both the older two boys, and we were kind of sailing on you know, easy street, right? We got through the diaper phase. Now everybody's wearing underwear. Everybody's going to school, uh, preschool and, you know, all this stuff. And the end of 2018, yeah, 2018, uh, Christy started feeling just odd. She was just was like, I just feel odd. I feel off. She went to her, her, her doctor and, you know, they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And, you know, so they sent her to a urologist because her, her main complaint was that she had she had gained a little weight in her midsection and she had to pee all the time. Like that was kind of like the big complaint. Right. And so she goes to this urologist and she decide they decide to kind of uh, give her a couple of different options and it, those didn't work. And so she went back and um, they did a CT scan and, uh, you know, immediately pulled her off the table and, and, and uh, the tech is like, I, I saw a baby. And, you know, and that, so that's how she found, finds out she's pregnant. Right. And, and, you know, fast forward five days later, we find out that she is 30 weeks pregnant, right. Based on solely on the femur length, right. That's really all they can go by is, is kind of the femur length, which seems odd, but you know, maybe it's changed in four years. I don't know. Um, so, you know, 30 weeks. So, you know, obviously we go straight to the hospital to take tours and do all this. And, you know, when I tell this story and, and I have a much longer version um, that could be an entire episode, but, um, you know, we uh, we have eight weeks or, or, or 10 weeks, I guess, depending on how you look at it. And people are just like, oh, my God, you only had you only had eight weeks or 10 weeks. And I'm like, yeah, but our other two came in a week and two weeks. So like eight weeks is an eternity. But we had already, <laughs> again, three and a half years old. We had gotten rid of all the baby seats, uh, you know, all the baby stuff, right? We still had the crib, fortunately, but everything else we had gotten rid of. And we're also, we're running out of space in our house, right? Um, and so, you know, Corbin came like eight weeks later, I think it was. And 
you know, so the dichotomy though is is those have that have adopted and then had their uh, quote unquote miracle baby um, or whatever it's it's referred to as. Uh, it wasn't really a miracle. I, I wouldn't say it's, it was really a miracle for us because again, as talked about earlier, like we felt called to adopt, and that was that was why that that's why we adopted, but also. We had been married at that point for 11 years and we had never gotten pregnant. And so we were kind of like, maybe God is just saying like biological children are in your future. And so like, don't worry about it. But obviously God <laughs> had other plans. <laughs> right. And so, um, but it's just really funny to see that the, you know, he picks up on, a lot of personality traits from, from his older two brothers, good and bad. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of like, um, I, I joke that he's kind of like the little girl from the end scene of the help where she's like banging on the window, like wanting to go out of the house because, you know, all the kids in the neighborhood play in the court and we just, you know, he, he has to stay inside cause he's like at least three years, three years younger than everybody. And so we don't want him to get hurt, but you have to, you have to, as a parent that has a biological, uh, biological child and then adoptive children, adopted children, you have to make sure that you are, <laughs> you are fair in all respects of all parenting items. And again, another thing that, that you kind of have to think about of like, um, I, I have to make sure that like, my biological son feels just as loved as the adopted sons and the adopted sons have to feel just as loved as the uh, biological son. And if there's ever like this disparity, you're going to hear about it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you, you don't love me as much as him and you hate me and yada, yada, yada. And, and like, I tell you all, all four of mine biological still do that. Still, still do think that? Okay. that I love somebody else more. So, <laughs> and mine too, all adopted. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so maybe that's not, um, so different, but it's something you think about, right? Like, yeah, I can, okay, I can totally see how that's something you would think about, you know? And, and so, so yeah, you know, so our family, uh, is complete, um, scientifically speaking. Um, now I, you know, I don't know about, uh, you know, what God's plans are for in the future, you know? Um, but for right now, I think, I think we have enough crazy in our house um, that hopefully we'll have a, a good like 10 years of no more children, no more surprises, but God has his plans. And, you know, they say the, the plans of mice and men and, and uh, you can never really guarantee what's uh, what's going to happen. So you just kind of keep your heart open and, and try to love, love your kids in the most Christ-like manner possible. Yes. Um, yeah. So I flip a lot of tables. Um mm -hmm. You know, like the, the money changers in the temple. I just start flipping tables. Oh my gosh. I love so, it. If you, I know that throughout these, this episode, you gave some little bits of advice. If there's one thing that you could tell somebody, if somebody came to you and said, Phil, we're thinking about adopting, what would you say to them? What's one piece of advice you would give to them? Prepare your heart for a roller coaster. When I say that, I don't mean that in a negative way. But if you prepare yourself for the roller coaster of emotions, and it's more of an emotional roller coaster, and in a literal roller coaster sometimes as well, right? Like there's just things that don't go 
exactly how you have it planned, right? You think that, you know, you have this many days and, you know, these, these are the steps, like you get the outline from the, from the agency of like, here's the steps that we're going to do and here's how it's going to go. And if you have a good agency, they'll tell you like, this could go blow up and, and we could have a whole new list of steps. Right. But like prepare yourself, prepare your extended family for the same roller coaster because they're in it with you and, and just be open to what God has for you. Um, I understand that not all people that are, are trying to adopt are, are religious or, or have a faith background um, and, and are guided by that. But, Try to just be be open and and recognize that all the chill all these children need love, right? And it doesn't matter, it, it doesn't matter race, gender, anything like that. Like they need to be loved, and they need a forever family, and they they need parents to love them. And so that's what you're providing. This is not a a selfish thing that you're doing. You you shouldn't be doing it to uh, feel good about yourself. Or and and I, I'm not saying that people go into it like that, but like this is something you are you're trying to provide the best life for a child as possible. And if yeah. you go into it with that mentality, the ups and the downs are still gonna probably affect you. But like you know what the goal is and what the end goal is, and you will be able to make it to that end goal whatever that end goal is. Right. And, um, you know, if, if you're adopting through the foster care system and it's two or three weeks, right. Like you provided two or three weeks of stability for that child. Hopefully if, if you go through private adoption, like you're providing a lifetime of stability for that child. Um, and I think that is, you know, really important, especially for just society in general of like providing stability for people is a big thing. Thank you so much for coming on and, and yep. being willing to share your experience with adoption and your heart. I know that your story is really going to touch a lot of people that need to hear your unique experience and how you've been led and, and guided and how it's opened your mind and your heart and created this beautiful family that you and Christy have. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, something I've always, um, said and, and been willing to do is to talk to anybody about it you know most of the time it's it's one-on-one conversations this is the first time that i've i've talked about it in a, a grander scale um to all of your many followers that give you five star ratings right um that's right <laughs> <laughs> so um but seriously uh, anybody listening or or hears this like reach out to me if you have questions if there's anything that i can clarify or talk to people about i would am more than willing to do that i I just really appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity to come on and share the story um because i think i i think all stories are important too right like Mm -hmm. and 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 everybody provides kind of a unique perspective on it that's right yeah yep yeah i agree i think that there will be people out there that will be touched by your story that maybe haven't resonated with mine. And just based on the fact that you are a father being willing to speak up and share your story. So thanks so much, Phil. Yep. If you or someone, you know, has an adoption story to share, 
please email us at bridgingthegapwithlove22 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story.